Holy Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Thank you, Lord, because of your goodness and your mercy towards us. An undeserved grace has been given to us. We know we do not deserve this life. We are not worthy of it. Lord, that's why we say glory, praise, and honor and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Lord, please take our lives and let it be consecrated to thee. Grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Sanctify us, Lord, and set us apart as people through whom your will would be done on this earth. We know we have a purpose, we have an aim to reflect the image of our Lord Jesus Christ and to glorify your name. Therefore, we pray that as we go through your words this morning, that these words shall be indeed manna to us to sustain us on our journey. Therefore, Lord, put your words in my mouth and give me grace, Lord, to speak blessings and life to all who are listening. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 31 Two Hands for God We then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1 The Lord gave an important lesson to his people in all ages. When to Moses on the mount, he gave instruction regarding the building of the tabernacle. In that work, he required perfection in every detail. Moses was proficient in all the learning of the Egyptians. He had a knowledge of God and God's purposes had been revealed to him in visions. But he did not know how to engrave and embroider. Israel had been held all their days in the bondage of Egypt, and although there were ingenious men among them, they had not been instructed in the curious arts which were called which were called for in the building of the tabernacle. They knew how to make bricks, but they did not understand how to work in gold or silver. How was the work to be done? Then God himself explained how the work was to be accomplished. He signified by name the persons he desired to do a certain work. Bezalel was to be the architect. This man belonged to the tribe of Judah, a tribe that God delighted to honor. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee. Exodus chapter 31 verse 1 to 6 Among the multitude were Egyptians who had acted as overseers for such work and thoroughly understood how it should be done. But the work was not dependent upon them. The Lord united with human agencies, giving them wisdom to work skillfully. Skill in the common arts is a gift from God. He provides both the gift and the wisdom to use the gift aright. In order that the earthly tabernacle might represent the heavenly, it must be perfect in all its parts. It must be in every smallest detail like the pattern in the heavens. So it is with the characters of those who are finally accepted 
in the sight of heaven. Let the workmen in the service of God today pray to him for wisdom and keen foresight that they may do their work perfectly. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Two Hands for God. Our key text is taken from is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1 which says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. Now as we go forward in the Israelite journey from Egypt down to Canaan, we come to a place where the Lord tells his people that they need to build a sanctuary for him. And as we saw in our devotion, it was something that there are many lessons to learn from. But let's just read first of all from the book of Exodus chapter 31. Reading from verse 1, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold, and in silver, and in brass, and in cutting of stones, to set them, and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded thee the tabernacle of the congregation, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, and the table and his furniture, and the pure candlestick, with all his furniture, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, with all his furniture, and the lava, and his foot, and the clothes of service, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, and the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee, shall they do. Amen. And then when you read also in the book of Exodus 36, it says, verse 1, Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man, in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work in all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. Verse 8 then says, And every wise-hearted man among them that wrought the work of the tabernacle made ten curtains of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet with cherubims of cunning work made he them. In this story of the building of the temple, like we saw, there's a lot to learn. The Lord gave an important lesson to his people in all ages. When to Moses on the mount, he gave instruction regarding the building of the tabernacle. That is Conflict and Courage, page 96, paragraph 2. So what are these important lessons we can learn from the building of the temple? Let us take them one by one. The first lesson we learn is we are the temple of God. The Lord wanted to teach the children of Israel that they are that temple. They needed to see that in the building of the temple, everything that was needed by principle was to be followed also in the building of characters for God. We must remember that the whole purpose of God's dealing with humans, the whole purpose of God's dealing with Israel 
was to restore in us the image of God through sin. We lost the image of God that we had and God is trying to restore that image in man. The temple was built for that purpose. The work of the sanctuary was to deal with the sins of men. The whole thing about the sanctuary in the earth and all the services that was going to be done there may not be the focus of our study for today, but just know that every service done in that sanctuary was supposed to be a type of what is happening today, that what the Lord was going to be doing in order to deal with our sins. Having said that, the building of the temple itself has a lot of lessons in the way and manner it was built to teach a lesson. So the first thing is, God himself wanted us to understand this principle that we are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and the Spirit, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Also in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16 we are told, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then again, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says, What? Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? So the first lesson, sacred deep lesson, if we understand what this is, then with what regard? With what sacredness will we regard these our bodies? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. My body is the home, the, the dwelling place of God. Do you know how deep this lesson is? If we only understood that these our bodies are to be treated as the temple of God, then we would understand clearly when the Bible talks about the sin of uncleanness in the New Testament now, the Bible mentions it many in Galatians 5 verse 18. You can also see it in Romans chapter 1. You'll see it also in Colossians. Many times the, the Bible talks about uncleanness. It has to do with how, how we take care of our body. If we do not take care of the body temple in, the, in accordance with how the Lord wants us to take care of it, we sin against God. For example, we, we read in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What does this mean to us? Even in 1 Corinthians 3 that I read earlier, verse 16, it says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells, dwelleth in you. And whosoever defileth the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Now, for those who like to separate Old and New Testament and all, this is not New Test Old Testament. It doesn't mean that Old Testament things are irrelevant. They are 100% as relevant as the New Testament. But, just in case some people are wanting to say, oh, Old Testament stuff, this is Bible telling us that even today, there are ways in which we can defile the temple of God. And if we do that, God will destroy us. So we need to understand that we should treat ourselves sacredly holy with the same holiness with which people were supposed to the israelites were supposed to regard the temple for example not anyone was supposed to enter the most holy place of the temple it was only the the, the high priest that had access to the most holy place what does the most holy place of the temple represent it represents your mind you are not to allow anything coming to the seat of your body which is your mind that is not holy 
only God because the high priest represented Jesus Christ. So therefore, only holy things are to be permitted to come into that mind, to influence it. So first lesson from this building, the Lord wants us to understand we are the temple of God. Now, remember that we are in the work of building characters. So the building of the temple is to build a place that is be befitting, that is to be befitting, that is to be worthy of dwelling for the Holy Ghost. The Lord then gave talents for the building of the temple. That's the second lesson. What does this mean now? Since our own case is the building of characters, we do not know how to build characters for ourselves, neither do we have the power to do so. But in the work of the temple building, because of how important this work is, our ignorance is not going to hinder God from doing the work. Therefore, he supplies every needed strength and wisdom for the work. Since we do not have the skill set, the Lord is more than willing to supply the skills. And that's why we read in the book of Luke 11 verse 13 where Jesus said, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? The Holy Spirit is the one that does the work of the temple building. It's his house. He's going to stay there. So he is the one that does the direction of what is to be built and how it is to be built. He gives the wisdom. He's willing. And anybody who asks will receive. James 1, reading from verse 5, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Verse 6 to 8. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all, all his ways. As we read in the devotion, skills in the common arts is a gift from God. He provides both the gift and the wisdom to use the gift aright. That's Conflict and Courage, page 96, paragraph 7. And we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit in order for this temple to be made perfect. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit and that's when we know that it has been made perfect. And therefore the Lord gives to us the talents needed as he gave to Al-Holiab and Bezalil, people who knew nothing about how to build a temple. The Lord supplied them with wisdom and not just them, there were other women who were the ones involved in the sewing of the curtains and working on the materials and there were other men too apart from Al-Holiab and Bezalil who also God poured upon all these people wisdom they knew nothing about it before they were only makers of brick can you imagine that people who knew nothing imagine yourself you probably do not know how to do i don't know whatever skill you may think about maybe programming or you can think about doing surgery on people you've never held any of the instruments used for that but because of how important the work of temple building was god miraculously supplied them with the wisdom needed to work cunningly on these fine things. So also with us, the work of character building is the nicest, most tender and uh, delicate work ever given. It needs the most greatest skill and finesse and it needs tact. Therefore, we don't. the Lord supplies it since we don't have it and he gives us every grace necessary for this work of temple building. Now, how is it built? When we read Testimonies, Volume 4, page 606, paragraph 2, it says, Every faculty in man is a workman that is building for time and for eternity. Day by day, the structure is going up. 
although the possessor is not aware of it. It is a building which must stand either as a beacon of warning because of its deformity or as a structure which God and angels will admire for its harmony with the divine model. The mental and moral powers which God has given us do not constitute character. They are talents which we are to improve and which, if properly improved, will form a right character. A man may have precious seed in his hand, but that seed is not an orchard. The seed must be planted before it can become a tree. The mind is the garden. The character is the fruit. God has given us our faculties to cultivate and develop. Our own course determines our character. In training these powers so that they shall harmonize and form a valuable character, we have a work which no one, no one but ourselves can do. End of quote. So, as God gave the skill in mind to Aholia Bezalil and the women and many others to do that work, then he also gives to us our faculties. Our faculties themselves, like we read now, is not character. It is the improvement of these faculties. That's your mental and moral powers. They are our talents. And when we improve them properly, then we can form a right character with them. And the analogy was used of a seed that is planted. A seed itself is not a tree unless it is planted and cultivated. So also God gave us faculties, which is our mental and moral powers. And when we cultivate and develop them, then we can form a right character. Everyone, there's nobody who has not been given these faculties. And the faculties which are needed for the building of a right character are your will, your reasoning, your intuition, your imagination, your conscience, your perception, and your memory. These faculties worked together will help us to build a harmonious character. You must have every of the faculties on the ascendancy. None is to be stronger than the other. All are to be strong. All are supposed to be equally powerful so that they are employed whenever necessary to give the right character. When you do not have your conscience strong, you will not be able to identify sin for what it is and will not feel the necessity of resisting it. When your reasoning is not working properly, then you cannot even understand the will of God for you and make the right decisions. If you have a perverted imagination, Oh, temptations will keep coming to your mind and then you will likely fall into sin. And when your memory is not working fine, then what will your conscience feed upon to remind you of what righteousness and sin is? It won't work well. And be all the faculties ever so strong, if you have a weak will, no matter how you know what is right to do, though you know it, you will never be able to do it. You will keep falling into sin because your will is not strong. So God has given us the faculties as he gave in the common arts. God gave wisdom. Now, it's, we read in Conflict and Courage, page 96, paragraph 7, he provides both the gift and the wisdom to use the gift aright. And for us now, we need to have the wisdom to use our faculties aright. And this is what will bring about the building of a character that is symmetrical and will yield, yield that character of Christ. Apart from these talents, the mental and moral powers, the God gives us the gift of the Holy Ghost, which collectively, this one is things that are given, not, you cannot have every gift, but in case of the faculties, we have all of it. 
that I mentioned. Everybody has it. But when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit, it has to do with the church now. Every one of us have to has to work for one another to build us up into the image of God. Reading from Ephesians 4, from verse 7 to verse 13, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, When he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Going down to verse 11, he says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So this is the aim of the building of this temple, that we should come up unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. And like it says, till we come unto a perfect man. What were these gifts given for? For the perfecting of the saints. So the gifts that God gives to us, apostleship, teaching, uh, prophets, evangelists, all of them, they are supposed to be used for the building of character. Then another lesson we learn is that this building of the temple had a pattern in which it was to follow. Exodus chapter 25 verse 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. And they did it exactly like that in Exodus, reading now chapter 39 verse 42 and 43 says, According to all the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel made all the work. And Moses did look upon all the work, and behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so had they done it, and Moses blessed them. This represents how the Lord will also bless those who build their characters according to the pattern. And what's our pattern? Our pattern is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who we are patterning our character after. And the pattern of Jesus Christ's character is shown in the law. His character is in harmony with the commandments of God. And that is why God is going to examine our characters using his law. He is going to compare it and we are to be comparing our characters with the law of God. God has given us the pattern and said, this is what you should copy. And we are to examine ourselves to ensure that our building of character is is in harmony with exactly every detail of the directions given in the word of God. We are not to deviate to the left or to the right. We are supposed to follow every requirement in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Every word is to be um, conformed to. We in the building of this temple must follow the pattern, which is the law. Do not neglect any of the little of the command things that we continue to consider little. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, reading chapter 5, verse 17, he said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Therefore, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle shall in any wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. 
we are to fulfill that is copy the pattern the law of god and strength has been given to us for this which is the holy spirit the lord gives the holy spirit to us and also he has given us the mental and moral powers all of this the mental and moral powers in subject to the holy spirit and in subject to the word of god there is no way that this temple will not be built according to the pattern and remember that for this pattern perfection was required from them they were supposed to follow this uh, pattern to perfection they were not supposed to have anything that was not in harmony with what the lord had said as we read it says let the workman in the service of god today pray to him for wisdom and keen foresight that they may do their work perfectly in order that the earthly tabernacle might represent the heavenly it must be perfect in all its parts and it must be in every smallest detail like the pattern in the heavens so it is with the characters of those who are finally accepted in the sight of heaven end of quote now let no one deceive anybody telling us that it is not necessary for us to be in harmony with the law of god it is exceedingly necessary yes the bible says believe in jesus and then you shall be saved but will thou know that the only thing that shows that you have actually exercised faith in god and that you really believe in him is when we see your character your faith is shown by your works you can say everyone can say i have faith and you cannot doubt the person but how do we really know who has faith in god it is shown if they really have faith in God, if the Spirit of God is really, really dwelling in anyone, what will what will evidence that is the character? In the book of First uh, John chapter three, reading from verse six, it says, "Whosoever abideth in Christ sinneth not; whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him." So, when you see somebody who is sinning, what is that evidence of? Evidence that he's not abiding in Christ. How about one John, First John chapter two, reading from verse three and four? It, say, it says there. Hereby we do know that we know him, that is, believe in him. If we keep his commandments, whosoever saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. How do we know whether you have copied after the pattern, whether you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, whether the Spirit of God is dwelling in you? It will show in your character that it will be after the pattern, Jesus Christ. How was the life of Jesus? perfect how is to be the life of those who have built according to the pattern just like jesus perfect and that's why god tells us be ye holy for i am holy be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect be ye merciful as your father in heaven is merciful that is another lesson we must learn it is possible don't 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 stagger on this promise some people love to say oh we are humans we can never be perfect oh yes it's true but not when the divine power is given to you we are told in the book of second peter chapter 1 reading from verse 2 3 he says his divine power has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness and going down he says whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that we may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust if you have escaped the corruption if you have the divine nature how would you then be in the corruption and keep saying oh i am not i'm just human i must always sin not if you do not if you have the divine nature not if christ is dwelling in you not if you have you, you have the materials materials that are needed and that's another lesson we learn 
the best materials were used for the building of this temple. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 343, paragraph 4, it says, For the building of the sanctuary, great and expensive preparations were necessary. A large amount of the most precious and costly material were required. Yet the Lord accepted only free will offerings. So here, first of all, the lesson is the best material is to be used. When we are building on this foundation, Jesus Christ, because he is the foundation that we are to build upon in this thing of character building. If you put on it any kind of material, you will not get the pattern because the materials were specified. You don't hear there any material that is low and base. The materials used were of the most precious and also exquisite material so also in the work of character building we are not to bring in all manner of things that are low into our character building or low principles the principles which are as high as heaven is what we are to use in the building of this character we read in the book of first corinthians chapter 3 from verse 10 it says according to the grace of god which is given unto me as a wise master builder I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Hmm, you can use any one you want. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. But verse 13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire amen what were the articles used for the building of the mercy seat and the many other articles that were in the temple, the table of shewbread, the golden candlestick, altar of incense, and many other cutleries that were there. What were used? Gold, precious stones, oinks, even in the material used for the, 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 the priest's garments. These were not things that when you put them into the fire, then they will wipe away and go into dust and ashes. No, these were materials that will endure fire so also we are building characters that can endure the fire of persecution the fire of temptation the fire of hardship and trials the characters that will not burn up under pressure characters that will not burn up when placed in hard places if we use the wrong materials then what will be expected certainly we will be burnt up whenever we are required to do service for God in a manner that he wants us to do. In the book of 2 Timothy 2 verse 20, we are told, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some for honor and some for dishonor. So for there, from there, we can see that there are honorable materials to be used in the building of this temple. And if we lay on this foundation, Jesus Christ, the principles of the word of God, like we, we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit, self-control, temperance. We lay on it love, joy, peace, which are gold indeed, faith, kindness, goodness. These 
principles, these characters will endure when the fire comes. But if our characters are not according to these principles, what will happen when the fire comes? When it is tested, when the building is tested, it will burn down. So also, we must learn to use the best materials in the building of our character. And the fifth lesson we learn from here is that it is done willingly. Um, from what we read in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 243, it says, a large amount of the most, page 343, paragraph 3, it says, a large amount of the most precious and costly material was required, yet the Lord accepted only free will offerings of every man that giveth it willingly. Only free will offerings were accepted. If you read it in Exodus, Exodus 35, reading from verse 4, it says, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take you from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of our willing heart, let him bring it, and an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. So you see the materials, gold, silver, brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram's skins dyed red and badger skins and shitting wood and oil for the light and spices for anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Verse 20 tells us, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred them up, and everyone who whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for his service, and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets, and earrings, and rings, and tab tablets, and all jewels of gold, and every man that offered, or, that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and all the other materials there, verse 24 says, Everyone that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found sheeting wood and other materials, verse 25 says, And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen and all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spawned goods here and the rulers brought oinks stones and stones to be set for the effort and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense now verse 29 says the children of israel brought a willing offering unto the lord every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And now let me ask a question. If you are among these children of Israel and you are spinning the curtain, making it sewing and doing the building and you, you, you came there of your own accord, nobody forced you. When you encounter hardships while doing it, are you going to murmur and complain? Of course not, because you were not forced. If you feel compelled and forced to enter into this work of character building, then that's when we will be like the children or, or who are like the ones, the mixed multitude, who will always complain and complain because they were almost they felt forced out of Egypt. Left for them, they would prefer to stay in Egypt. Were it not to be for those ten plagues, they would not have never have come out. They were not in bondage. They came out because of fear. It was not willingly. 
They did not come out because they loved the Lord and wanted to make sacrifices for Him. We read in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 343, paragraph 3, Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering, was the divine command repeated by Moses to the congregation. The devotion to God and a spirit of sacrifice were the first requisites in preparing a dwelling place for the Most High. Amen. So for us, the first requisites if we must build our characters for God is not fear, is not compulsion, it is not that we are afraid that we are going to hell. It must be a willing sacrifice. It must come from your heart. It must be something you do not because the Lord, somebody is compelling you but because you love God and of your own will you engaged in this work. Are you of the type who complains? When the needle pricks your hand, are you going to say, oh, I'm not going to sow again, I'm not going to build the temple? Are you going to, because of the hardships you pass through when walking in that cunning art of gold and silver and you're melting it and maybe the fire touches your hand and then you drop it in annoyance and say, I'm not doing this work again. That's if you were compelled. Moses did not beg anybody to the work of the temple building. The Lord does not beg anyone or force anyone, rather, to enter into the work of character building. It must be done willingly. He doesn't force anyone to enter into this journey, this pilgrim journey. If you come out of fear, that means it seems you were forced. It must be done out of love, willingly, so that when you are doing the work, you have no complaint. Nobody forced me into it. Therefore, I'm not going to turn to anyone and blame them and say it is because of you I'm suffering this or suffering that. I did it willingly. I gave of myself willingly unto God. We are told in the book of Romans chapter 12 reading from verse 1, I beseech you therefore brethren that ye present yourselves as living sacrifices holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. So also with us we must do this work, enter upon the work of character building, your first prerequisite is that you must have a willing heart. You must have devotion to God and a spirit of sacrifice. Only this will take you through. It must be love at the beginning and love all the way. Now, another lesson, the final one that we read is that there was no Egyptian needed in this uh, building of the temple. No Egyptian directions was needed. Conflict and Courage, page 96, paragraph 6 says, Among the multitudes were Egyptians who had acted as overseers for such work, the mixed multitudes, that's who they are, and thoroughly understood how it should be done. But the work was not dependent on them. The Lord united with human agencies, giving them wisdom to work skillfully. End of quote. God's people are not to seek for worldly counsel or from people who are not submitted to God's word. They are not to seek counsel from them in matters that has to do with their character building. This is what will bring in the materials like hay and stubble into the building and when it is tested, it will fall. Principles from the world are not to be brought into the building of the temple today. We must build according to the pattern Jesus Christ and nothing outside God's word. You are not to read books from here and there in the world, getting the ideas from worldly men to tell you how to build your character. Your character is to be in harmony with the word of God, not in harmony with the schools of the world, not in harmony with the men of this world. When you check the principles of God's word and the principles by which the world functions, you see that there is a contrast, striking one. 
and we must not follow the Egyptian principles. We have come out of Babylon. God doesn't need any way, any any human principle and manner of working in the building of this temple. He supplied all the wisdom necessary, and that's how sacred and fine this work is. It's a delicate work that needs no human devising. The Lord specified every direction from the beginning to the end with every material to the point of giving even the wisdom needed for it so that nobody needed to go elsewhere to find the materials and the wisdom needed. He gave counsel himself. So also as we are building our characters, do not depend on men. Do not depend on worldly principles. You will not have the right character. Many of us look at the schools as heaven some churches themselves are like they they, did from out out of the lips of the preacher comes worldly principles we have our bibles and we have the law of god that is what we are to follow we don't need any egyptian coming to tell you this is how it should be done this is the direction direction and when we say egyptian here it could be people or principles how do you know an egyptian principle it is not in harmony with the word of god how do you know an egyptian he tells you she tells you things contrary to god's word and does not tell you this is what the word of god says we must be ready to ask what does the word of god say and if people are not giving us directions according to the word of god we must reject it and accept only principles coming from the word of god to direct us in the character building that we have to do which is our work for our lifetime this is the lifetime work the building of the temple it's our lifetime work and it must be done faithfully according to god's word in conclusion i'll read testimonies volume 4 page 606 paragraph 2 where we saw it says Every faculty in man is a workman that is building for time and for eternity. Day by day, the structure is going up. Although the possessor is not aware of it, it is a building which must stand, either as a beacon of warning because of its deformity or as a structure which God and angels will admire for its harmony with the divine model. End of quote. All these things happen unto them and they are examples unto us upon whom the ends of the world are come. And we are to be comforted to know that as God supplied them the wisdom to build that temple perfectly, he will also do the same for us. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the lessons taught us from these words. Help us in our work of character building. We may have put in the principles of the world, wood, hay, and stubble, which are going to be burnt up when it is tested. Lord, thank you for this opportunity for us to review our lives and start to bring in the gold and the silver and the brass, materials that will stand in the fire. Lord, in heaven, grant to us the wisdom as you gave to Aholiab and Bezalel and all the women and men who you put in them the wisdom and wise-heartedness. Lord, please, your word has said that if we lack wisdom, that you will give us if we ask. Based on that promise, Lord, we ask you, grant us wisdom to do this work faithfully that we may be tried and found to be conformed to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. This we ask, believing you've answered in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.